This is the Shift Podcast. On the Shift Daily Podcast, are you okay with shaming a bad lynx? Well, I'm not okay with them taking the lynx back to the chickens. It'll make sense coming up on the podcast. We had a great conversation with author Michael Lossier, Law of Attraction and more books he's written, helping us understand that affirmation, what it is, how it affects our lives, and how we can use it to our advantage once we're aware of it. We did a little shift throwback Thursday. It's coming up on the podcast too. We celebrate Tiger Woods' career moments and the years that they happened. And in case you missed it, with producer Ryan Beat Boop O'Donnell, <laughs> Dumb Tattoos, Spotify News, and the return of the Mighty Ducks. It's all on the Shift Daily Podcast. Please download it. Please share it with your friends. And let's check in with Maddie and his moon dial and see what's happening. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's see what's happening. Hey, moon dial. Hey. Hey. Hey, what? what's that smell? I didn't leave it in there. Oh, dear. No, <laughs> that's not mine. That's yours. You bought it. Now, I remember when you bought it. You were like, hey, look at this. Do you want some of that? I'm like, no way, man. I'm allergic. And you're, and you're just going to forget about it and leave it in there. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm going to eat it all up. Well, look what happened. Like, you shouldn't even be eating that. <laughs> yeah, no. Leave it alone. Dude, just throw it out. Just throw it out. It looks like compost. And it smells <laughs> like compost. So don't eat it. I'm warning oh, you. I'm laying it down. <laughs> okay, we're ready. All right. Oh, cool. we always need an intermission on that one. It's good. 877-399-9898. You can contribute on Are You Okay? Or you could just uh, contribute the things you like to smell. Are you okay? Are you okay with bad cats? <laughs> I'd like to think cats are kind of indifferent they don't really have a good or a bad thing they're just indifferent until it's time to be fed yeah it cats serve themselves when i am not in the mood i'm gonna bite you and i'm gonna scratch you for no reason but when i can get something out of it i will let you pet me and make you think i love you i think that's yeah. a secret agenda there deception a, a, a northern BC farmer lost a few of his chickens after a lynx got into his chicken coop. Huh. The farmer caught the lynx, and instead of shooting it, he shamed it. <laughs> I love those dog shaming pictures people put online. Uh, Chris Paulson grabbed the lynx by the scruff of its neck, lifted it off the ground, and then did this. Let's go see the damage you did, buddy. Yeah, should we go see the damage you did? How many chickens did you get? Hey, you got some of our new ones. Not good, is it? No. Yeah, I know it's not good. First the owl and then you, huh? Yeah. Let's go have a look at this damage. There's one. See how upset you made everyone? There's two. That's two of our new chickens. These guys are pretty upset over there. <laughs> I would imagine well, they would be. <laughs> well, they're upset. You just carried the lynx back into the chicken coop. Like, no wonder the chickens are upset. Like, they're terrified. A couple of them got eaten, and then you bring the lynx back in. Talk about panic. <sighs> wow. That was, a, that was a pretty nasty growl, though, hey? 
Uh, Paulson told C- CBC that the lynx was so skinny that his family decided to leave the two dead chickens with the animal in the bush. Oh, that's nice. The dead chickens named Frida and Birdie will be missed by the Paulson's children, um, Kickin' Six and Charlie Nine, who have named the lynx Tough Nut. <laughs> it's one tough nut. <laughs> All right. Are you okay? Are you okay with old school beat cops? Ooh, old school. Like uh, 20, 21 Jump Street kind of, you know, like got bikes on a, on a, or sorry, cops on a bike, that kind of thing. Or yeah, kind of like, I think it's, you know, kind of like the, the ones that were always walking around the neighborhood. You know, they say hi to the young kids and they, you know, they, they know when the bad guys in the neighborhood and, you know, those kind of community cops. Mobile. Not necessarily just driving in cars. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're doing their job and not being bad, I'm fine with it. And it's kind of funny when you see like a police officer out of nowhere on like a a very like fast looking bicycle just scanning the streets, doing their jobs on that because it's a little less intimidating. But then when they need to be intimidating, like you know, go chase after someone, they go. You know, they're fast. Mm. Yeah, I like this. Okay, uh, rollerblading cops in Pakistan are learning how to shoot. And how to skate. CNN's uh, Genimos reports. They call it the Special Security Unit. And it's special, all right. These cops are on a roll. Rollerblading with weapons. When it comes to controlling street crime in teeming Karachi, Pakistan, the chief of the unit calls it an... Innovative approach. Twitter was less charitable. This is fantastically stupid. Watch these dorks. People thought they'd be foiled by gravel, done in by potholes, not to mention stairs. Someone posted the Joker prancing on steps with the caption, me escaping from Pakistani police after robbing a bank. Naysayers pointed out one of the rollerblading cops tripping as he mounted some stairs. And then there's this training using weapons while they are moving on uh, roller skates. What could possibly go wrong? One, two, three. But the Pakistani police say skates will make it easier to counter mobile snatchings. For instance, thieves on bikes or motorbikes grabbing bags. There are 20 officers in the Karachi Special Unit. Paris has had a similar but smaller roller brigade for two decades, chasing mainly pickpockets and vendors. Police told local television networks that they're hoping the force will help reduce street crime. Foot patrolling is extremely tedious. Roller skates will give an extra edge to chase and apprehend the suspects. Okay. Amazing. I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not it's so roller dirty. skates. It's so dorky, but it's amazing. It's roller blades. Um, yeah. Now, I'd like to see somebody sort of like do the roller skates, shoot the duck kind of disco roller skating thing but this is not um this is not that these are guys now i take it to hockey i took it to a hockey place these are guys that don't watch hockey night in canada on a saturday night like they don't see what agility looks like on skates so i think for canadians to see the agility that's coming with some of these fellas um it is kind of um it's kind of entertaining yeah 
And just think about how insane that would be. Like for, uh, you know, a guy who just purchased a purse snatcher, grabs it. He's running thinking, I just got away. I'll make a couple hundred bucks. He looks behind him and he just sees this dude wearing Oakley's. And he's got like maybe a siren on his shoulder flashing. And he's just gunning at him, going like 20 on his rollerblades. Uh, unbelievable. I, I have to see this in action. I need to see video of this in practice. <laughs> I love it. It's a lot of fun. The world needs more roller skates. Let's just yes. call it for what it like it is. All right. Are you okay? Are you still okay with gender reveal parties? Not after the well, the last one involved a cannon, I think, and that yep, that yep. went south real quick. So, mm-hmm. um, even ones without a cannon or any kind of explosive incendiary device, I'm I don't know. I think it's probably cool if you're a parent and if you make that decision, but I don't know. It seems a little unnecessary, I guess. It's I think it's just great that you're having a kid. Well, yeah. I'm gonna reinstate my point about gender reveal parties in a world where we say gender doesn't matter. You do you gender reveal parties are more popular than ever. So we're going to have to decide what, what we're doing here as humans. Come on. Well, it's sad news to share in this one as well. An expectant father was killed in New York state on Sunday while tinkering with a gender reveal explosive device in his garage. Police say. Christopher Peckney was 28. He was building a device to be used at a gender reveal party when it exploded, killing him and injuring his younger brother, Michael. New York State Police said this in a statement. Peckney was expecting his first child, and he was building the explosive to tell friends and family about the child's gender. His brother put a video out in response. Dad and I came up here to... um you know, plow out the driveway and shovel off the sidewalk, and uh, it was already done. I don't know who in the community came over to do it for us, but that just shows you how many good people there are out here who are looking out for us the, the same way that Chris looked out for them, that he'd be doing the same thing for others. I, I wish that everybody would shift the focus of the story on to... My brother Michael and his recovery, he's healing, he's getting better, he's in the hospital, the operation was successful, my mom's been there with him since since this all happened. And to Jen, um, especially to Jen and uh, the baby that's on the way. You know, this is a tragedy, this is not something that should happen, but everybody's worried about what was this and who was that and why did this happen. It happened. Yeah, that's a good point. A grandmother was killed in a gender reveal explosion gone awry in 2019. A firefighter died in California while battling that fire that was caused by a gender reveal party last year. Another gender reveal uh, explosive triggered a devastating wildfire in Arizona in 2017, causing more than $8 million in damage. A court later ordered the father to pay back the full value of the damage over the course of his life because of it. I don't know. There... There's a point when you're going to be a dad or a mom or whatever where you got to plug into the mortality and the gravity of your actions. Um, I don't know many people that, you know, go jump out of an airplane to celebrate having a baby because you, when you're having a baby, you tend to say things like, 
well, do I really want to go do that <laughs> now? Am I going to play that risk? I think you're, you're, the, uh, the scope of what is risk to you changes when you have kids. And uh, it's a sad, it's a terribly sad story. And I hope people stop. This is A, silly, and B, it's not a game of one-upmanship to who's got the biggest explosion to be pink or blue. In a world where we're trying to flush out pink or blue as being stereotyped for kids. Hi-ya. You know what the best surprise is? Finding out you're having a baby, to what Matt said. Hmm. Are you okay? Are you okay with RCMP taxi services? Like getting a, a free ride, or I guess not free, but a ride from the cops? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they have a debit machine in there or not, but yeah, getting yeah, a ride from the cops. Yeah, probably not. Uh, as long as I'm not in trouble, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody should have at least one chance to be in the back of a police car. To quote Ron White, I was drunk in a bar. They made me be drunk in a pub in public. <laughs> it's not that kind of ride. <laughs> this is um, a cute little story about a small little animal. A fuzzy flippered forager. Nice was taken away in the back of a police cruiser on Sunday morning after it was found wandering the streets of Charlottetown. Lillian Reynolds had just put the kettle on when a dark figure shuffled down the sidewalk, prompting her to stop everything and call police. She says she knew instantly from the flapping, uh, flapping flippers and the tummy scoot that she was looking at was a seal and that it had made it onto a nearby road. It could become a slippery speed bump for a car i imagine it be, this is gross never mind i'm not going to say it that's that's unkind good call good call all right thank you reynolds says she laced up her shoes and ran out the door to stay beside the creature who despite having no legs because flippers was really motoring through their neighborhood she says police officers arrived minutes later and managed to wrap the seal in a tarp and get in the back of their police cruiser the picture is worth the google just say it Reynolds says the police phoned her a few hours later to let her know that after consulting with Fisheries and Oceans Canada, they released the seal into the nearby Hillsborough River. Turns out this isn't the first time the RCP have had to rescue a stranded seal. It happened in Coquitlam in 2017. Now heading to the Marine Mammal Rescue Center at the aquarium is this little guy. Officers from the Coquitlam RCMP rural section found this premature seal pup on a Belcara beach. The little guy who's been nicknamed Fort St. James was likely abandoned by its mother. The seal will be rehabilitated and in about two months will be released back. Aww. Good boy. I think a pet seal would be cool. Kind of waddling through your house. You'd have to you like, know? keep it in your bathtub. I've heard yeah. that seals smell horrible. Which sucks because I would love to have a seal to hang out with because they're so cool. Yeah, elephant seals I think are supposed to be like the noisiest and smelliest. They just mm. like they don't really do anything. They just hang around and fart and grunt, and that's about all they really do. It's like being parent to a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> they do say that um, seals are the, what do they call them? The dogs of the ocean, or yeah, dogs of the sea, or yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of fun, right? They play games. You know, scratch them under the chin. 
I think it's kind of cool. The picture, it's worth the Google. Google it. Check out the picture of the seal in the back of the cop car because seals have that look of who me naturally. But when you take the back of the police car and the seal looking up at the camera, it's worth it. This is the Shift Podcast. Michael Lozier has been on the show a few times. He helps us understand what's going on in life. And not only just life, but our perception of life, the way we hear things in life. And you can um, you can get his books, you can join his classes, and we will give you all of those links because um, it's worth it. I've read some of Michael's work, and uh, I quite like it, actually. I'll just call it what it is. Michael, when you were with us last conversation, you left us with a little bit of a hook about affirmation. It was kind of like this little grenade you dropped in my lap, personally. Yes. Um, well... I was just going to say that I, I, for me, I mean, I'm a guy who my entire career for two and a half decades has been on the radio. If there's anybody that could fall into the textbook defamation, uh, definition of affirmation and the need for it, uh, it would be me. So I would thought I would throw out by definition, um, the process of being affirmed, emotional support or encouragement. But for me, it's, um, a piece of my life that it matters way too much. I consume affirmation and where would you like to go today? Well, first, thank you uh, for uh, bringing me back. And I know I might have even said in the prior conversation that a positive affirmation can send a negative vibration. Mm-hmm. Is that opposite what we want? Well, first, let's define, you know, an affirmation is something that we affirm that we don't have. An affirmation isn't affirming something you have, <laughs> An affirmation is always something that you don't have. That's what an affirmation is. Right. And from the law of attraction point of view, the reason why would we affirm something as if we had it was to give energy to it. Because law of attraction says whatever you give your attention, energy, and focus, you'll create the vibration that matches that and get more of it. And our listeners know Mm -hmm. whenever they've used the word, wow, this is such a coincidence. I was just talking about this yesterday. Or this was so synchronistic. It was so serendipitous. Everything fell into place. If you've ever had that experience, you're already experiencing law of attraction. It's just evidence. So when we use the when we affirm something, we're actually giving it attention. But here's the challenge. Law of attraction isn't responding to the words in your affirmation. It's responding to how you feel about the words in your affirmation. Okay. So back up the truck. Law of attraction is universal energy. I can't prove it to anybody, but it's, it's energy. And what it does, it matches the vibe that you're sending by giving you more of the same. So I'm sure people listening have had that experience where they've been a little bit irritated and the day get worse and the day get worse and they keep attracting negative things and they can't wait to get home. But guess what? It still happens. It happening is this negative attraction over and over and over again. So law of attractions at work right now, everybody's had, uh, whether you believe it or not or understand it or not, everything is about law of attraction that you're receiving. So let's talk about affirmations. I'm, I, in the affirmation, in the law of attraction world, we'd say, well, just affirm that you have it. In other words, um, somebody could affirm, I'm attracting, or I have my ideal job interview, right? People looking for a job. Yep. That's an affirmation. Right. Very positive. It's in the current tense, and it's short and sweet. Put that on your bathroom mirror. 
I have, I have an ideal job interview. Boy, is that ever positive. How about this one for a business owner? I'm, I have new clients every day. How about this one? My bank account's overflowing with money. Boy, aren't these awesome? It actually feels good to just hear it, frankly. Yeah. Well, here's what happens. When I say, for example, I'm, uh, someone's having a real challenge trying to get a job interview. And they're, you know, they're struggling. They're failing at all of them. They don't like where they're going. And they look at their bathroom mirror. They're just words. And they're, they're reading, I, I have an ideal job interview. Boy, that's a positive word. Now, they're going to think about that experience. And they're going to tell themselves the truth. You know what the truth is? I don't have an ideal job interview. The last four were horrible. The last three, I'm having such a struggle trying to find it. So here's what happens. The positive thought turned into the negative vibration. Right. So when somebody, you know, I'm a big husky guy. If I stood in the bathroom mirror and said, I have a happy, slender body, a little voice would say, well, no, you don't. And then I would start having a negative vibe. Right. So here's, here's the little bridge. The words need to be congruent with the vibe. So if I can say a positive sentence and then the vibe is positive, nailed it. Okay, so how do we not trick ourselves? Because I'll, I'll give you a specific example for me to bring it right onto like the, the playing field of this for the audience. Yep. So insecurity. Uh, insecurity about did I do a good job? So, for example, if Michael and I go out and Michael comes to visit me in Calgary, he's in Victoria, guys like, hey, let's get together face to face. We haven't seen each other. So we go out and then I say we have a visit. We go for a walk. We have dinner. It's great. Michael, it was great to spend time with you face to face. Now, what's going on inside me with insecurity is, oh, my God, did he like me? Did I do a good job? Does he want to hang out again? Is he my pal now? Um, those things are truly going on inside my head from time to time. Yeah. So I would say to you, you know, so tell me what, you know, did you have a good time? That's yeah. me looking for affirmation, truly. Right. I mean, it's just a simple question, but it truly is okay. me looking for affirmation. So just yeah. to try to give a specific example for, you know, the audience, because I think that's a pre pretty real moment. How do I translate that into tricking my brain into not being, you know, needing it as opposed to uh, and looking for it? Frankly. Okay. Well, I have an idea about this. You okay. know, let's talk about self-esteem. Okay. Self-esteem means the ability to esteem myself, period. Which means I shouldn't need to go outside of myself for someone to acknowledge me or affirm me or edify me. Boy, imagine that. Now, I'm in the business of that. You know, I'm on stage when I was doing my tours, you know, all around the world. 2,500 people. I, I, did not, I did not wait to get the feedback forms. I knew during the presentation, here's what I would do to build self-esteem. What are the top three things I, I'm doing well right now? And what could I do differently? So that way I don't have to beat myself. So I'm literally saying this to esteem myself. I'm thinking, Okay, they're having a good time. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm getting full. And this is, this is my list. Right now, look at all the people taking notes. I love that people are paying attention. Okay, good. Okay, now they're applauding. I love when that happens. So I don't need them. Uh, I don't need someone outside of myself to esteem. I'm doing it. It's the habit of doing it. 
right? And then and sometimes what could I do differently? I'll say, S -s just speak slower. Just go slower. You're going too fast, a little right. bit slower. Yeah, which right. seems like the constructive, positive reinforcement of yeah. things that just need to be done. That's right. Well, you know, it's it's a polite way. Well, people are use the word criticism or can I give you some criticism? No, I don't want criticism. Just tell me what I could do better. Don't tell me what I did wrong. And that's a, you know, that's a fine line to be able to do that. Well, so, and, I, and I hear that from our last conversation when you say don't speak so fast versus speak more slowly, right? Yeah, that's right. That's a good yes. example. Okay, cool. Yeah. So again, you could, you could esteem yourself so you wouldn't need to look outside of yourself for someone to do it for you. Right. If that would be the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I could say, so what I hear then specifically is I enjoyed my time with Michael. I look forward yeah. to spending more time with Michael. Um, uh, he told me he likes steak. I took him to the best steak place I know. It yeah. was nice to see you. I look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, here's what I did well. You know, it was a good company, and that was that was a good balanced conversation, and, and that way you're not beating yourself up. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's a fantastic specific example of uh, yeah. of that. Now, affirmation, I mean, we're sort of – taught that in our lives. Do you remember in being in school, Michael, when it was, you know, what's two plus two and little Michael puts up his hand and, and he says, it's four. And the teacher says, good job. You're a good student, Michael. I mean, this is deeply woven into our brains, man. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You're using the word affirmation and I would use the word acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, and again, we can slice and dice the word to me, an affirmation is something, it's something you repeat about yourself that's in a positive, um, in a positive light. And then there's, uh, then there's the other place of acknowledgement or approval, a slash between some approval and some acknowledgement, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's funny it's that you say that. I, I totally received that because I had just written down what's the difference between affirmation and acknowledgement uh, just yeah. as we got into the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I'll tell you some other things that I know about acknowledgement. So... You know, in one of my books, I talk about the four learning NLP styles. You know, some people like to see it. Some people like to hear it. Some people like to touch it and feel it. And other people need to think about it. That, that These are the thinkers. The auditory processor, you know, these are the people that um, they have great ideas. You know, their, their words are big for them. They're usually people in our industries, writers, editors, uh, people that use their voice, people that like to talk. So one, uh, one thing that's important to that group is acknowledgement. And they even like the word acknowledge. Mm -hmm. you know, hey, I want to acknowledge what a good job. They don't need roses and chocolates and rubs on the back and foot rubs. No, that one word acknowledge uh, is very important to them. And it's also a sound, right? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a word. It's not a feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're, they, you know, you're, they're hearing you say, I acknowledge you for that. So. Uh, so if you have a spouse that's um, auditory and they use a lot of auditory words, you might want to get in the habit of just acknowledging something. And frankly, they'll stop talking about it once you acknowledge it. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll keep repeating it until you hear them say, okay, I hear you. That sounds like a story of experience. Good for you. <laughs> yes. Well, not, not me, but I've trained a lot of people. Listen, I've saved a lot of marriages too. Yeah. Just I uh, said, listen, when you go home and for example, um, the expression when an auditory person sounds, says the word, hey, that sounds like a good idea. So you and I are talking about meeting up and you said, hey, do you want to meet on Thursday? And I'm thinking, sounds like a good idea. But that's it. That's, it just sounds like a good idea. And then you're showing up at my house on Thursday. I said, I thought we were meeting. Mm -hmm. And I said, 
No, I just said it sounded like a good idea. I didn't know we were going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? So when my auditory friends say, hey, that sounds like a good idea, I always double check to say, does that mean we're doing it? They say, no, yeah. just a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's so, so if your true, spouse though. says that sounds like a good idea, do a quick double check. Just to make sure. Yeah. So we often consume, you know, the things around us and uh, I, my writing leans into consumption and creation. And so what I hear is that shift from consuming the affirmation, like consuming, consuming it. Cause I need it. I'm needy. I need you to tell me I'm a good, I'm a, I'm a good boy. I did a good job and turning it into sort of acknowledgement and the creation piece that is um, this is where I'm creating from. Now that might be a big notion for some people. Cause not everybody listens from the same place, but um, it really be, that's where I see the negativity now, where I see the recreation of the negativity um, and that sort of robot in your brain that kind of kicks in. Does that make sense? Well, well, it makes sense to you. Yeah. So as you're saying that, I'm going to add something else to that. Yeah. Let's just say, because, you know, I help people uncover their, their fulfillment needs. And when you know what fulfills you, then you live your life's purpose. Right. Okay. So, um, and even the word fulfillment, we don't really use it too often. It accepts to describe when we're unfulfilled. So let's say, for example, that one of your fulfillment needs, that means when this need is present, you're fulfilled. What if that need was acknowledgement? Hmm. Right? And, and, here, and here's when you double click on it, there's two ways to get that met. One way is destructively. And one way is constructively. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna go into my life. So, uh, so in my book is called Your Life Purpose. I start off with a list of 30 needs, and it's like Survivor. By the time you're done with the process, the top four surface. And then you say, Wow! So if I can get this, this, and this, if I can get these four needs met, I am on fire. And guess what? When they're missing, I'm bored. So my top need. Some people would care less about it. Some people would feel embarrassed about it, but I own it. Out of the 30, my top need is attention. Really? Now, can I get that met in a destructive way? Oh, yes. When yeah. I was young, I was a class clown. I was a show off. I got people's attention in a really destructive way. Now, as a speaker and a trainer and as an adult, I get my number one need met in a constructive way. I'm doing Facebook Lives for 178 Saturdays in a row. I've done Law of Attraction YouTube things for 350 weeks. I do seminars on people's guests, anything for attentiveness. But that's just the first need. Here's the second one. The second one is influencing people in a positive way. I'm doing that today with you. Mm -hmm. Because if I couldn't, I wouldn't say yes to the gig. You see, once you understand what fulfills you, then you start to build strategies that are in alignment to those. But the third one is the reason why you have me as a guest. Well, first, I'm getting my attention needs met by you. Mm -hmm. You're being attentive. The audience is paying attention. The second one is I'm influencing people in a positive way, which you're allowing me to do. And the third one is intimacy. And it stands for this. Into me see so we're not talking about sports and cars 
and weathers, what kind of job we have, that's not intimate conversation. We're talking about growth and ideas and struggles and pain and love and blah, blah, blah. Like real, you know, real feeling things. Intimacy. And my last one's freedom. Hmm. Not getting all of those met right now, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, could it be more sweet? So here's the goal. Uncover what fulfills you. Like know what needs fulfill you. And then once you know them, build strategies. And then use it as a check a checklist. Hey, do you want to come on the radio show and talk about law of attraction and influence people? I don't know. Let me check my needs list and see if it fits. Yeah. But check. Nice. Hey, Shane, we'd like to have you on again. I don't know. Let me see if it fits my needs list. Check. Check, 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 check. (laughs) Hey, and listen, but the biggest lesson to go along with that is I don't have to say yes just because I was asked. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a big lesson for me and for other people. I don't have to say yes just because I was asked. Yeah, and I do get tangled up in that. I get tangled up in the fact that, oh, well, that's very kind of you to want to include me. Yeah. Let me let me serve you um, that way, and um, which it might not be the best for me. Uh, maybe the helpers, some of the helpers of the world that help others to the point where they're exhausted and broken and struggling, and and you know that could be a thing for them too. That's cool. Amazing. Okay, so the book, um, Your Life's Purpose? Uh, Amazon.ca, Amazon.com. Uh, I wrote it into about uh, maybe, uh, oh, I forget, maybe three or four years ago. And uh, what it was is I've been helping people uncover what what would fulfill them. because And because of my work with NLP and Law of Attraction, I saw a lot of patterns between people's learning style and what fulfills that learning style right? It's very subtle, but visual people like me, we like to be seen. So there's, um, there's, there's needs that go under that, right? Auditory people, they like to be heard. What's being heard will be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like there's a little, um, there's a little ladder for Yeah. I lost your voice there for one second. I just lost your voice there for one second. We're okay, Michael, by the way. I got you back. Now. I, have no I lost you. I just add, there's, it's like there's a little ladder. So there's a little ladder. You know, there's, oh boy, here's a fulfillment need. And that fulfillment need uh, also has a lot to do with that, that style. Auditory people like to be acknowledged. Kinesthetic people, one of their needs is connection. Oh, really? Kinesthetic people is the touchy-feely people. And then the thinkers, well, you know, they all have their own little piece where they all fit in and what they like. So uh, the, th- uh, the thinkers like adventure, mm-hmm. you know, and another group might not like it. So different needs for different people. I love it. So again, once you understand and you learn what they are, then you become more selfish and say, you know what? I'm only going to do things where I can get these needs met. That's selfish. And my definition is selfish equals self-care. In other words, you wouldn't eat something that didn't taste good. You wouldn't smell something that didn't smell good. You wouldn't wear something that didn't feel good. Why not be that selfish or self-caring about all areas of your life? Yeah. And then, ironically, I see that as not being overly selfish because then you're giving your true self to other people, right? So that's not really that selfish anyway. So isn't it ironic? Uh, So good. Um, Law of Attraction is the one book. Michael Lozier, you can check it out. Your Life's Purpose is the other one. Uh, as well. If people are interested in your, your weekend stuff and some of your signups, um, where can they yeah. go? 
Yeah, uh, the easiest place to go is lawofattractionbook.com. It'll take you to my main page. I have three books. I have live programs. I've got uh, lots of online training for people that want to kind of get started with law of attraction. I've got a video. It's called, hey, where do I get started? And I have another video that says, I've been using it, but it's not working. So I've covered both people. <laughs> so even if you're into law of attraction for a long time and you've got your hands on your hips because you can't figure it out, I've done that for you. Go to lawofattractionbook.com. This is The Shift Podcast. It's officially Thursday all across our broadcast network. Every single city and area we broadcast in, it's officially Thursday, and we like to kick off Throwback Thursdays. We wanted to take uh, a bit of a throwback. We're going to do a couple of years on the throwback this year, or this year, this, this, this day. And with Tiger's crash, we thought we would throw back in time a little bit to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods winning the Masters. He's got like layers and layers of green jackets. So Tiger Woods recovers in hospital. We're going to celebrate some of the moments for his career. For example, 1997, his first Masters. Hard to believe, 21 years old. This for the record. There it is, a win for the ages. There's his mom and dad. His father with that bypass operation six weeks ago, unable to be out on the course today. But he was there vicariously, step for step, with his son. Uh, he was 12 strokes ahead. He beat Tom Kite. Minus 18 was a record for the tournament until 2020 when it was beat by Dustin Johnson. He was also the youngest person to win, the first non-white player to win at Augusta 2. Now, in Canada, that was 1997. Some of the headlines of things that were going on that year of Throwback Thursday was the Red River Flood. In the spring of 1997, Manitobans endured the worst flood this province has seen in nearly two centuries. An archetypal struggle ensued between an ancient river seeking to expand its borders and the river people who live alongside it, fighting to protect their lives and property. Since water level measurements were first taken at the forks of the Red and Assiniboine rivers, only the Great Flood of 1826 had higher measured levels than those that would be recorded in 1997. A vast Red Sea covered southern Manitoba from the Canada-U.S. border north to the city of Winnipeg, covering nearly 1,000 square miles. Despite surprisingly accurate flood forecasts from city and provincial officials, nothing could have prepared Manitoba for the awesome power the Red River would unleash on the valley. But the people of Manitoba rose to this unprecedented challenge with a fighting spirit that would leave the rest of Canada shaking their heads in wonder and admiration. With the eyes of the world on them, Manitobans wouldn't just survive the battle with the raging Red River, they would win it. CKND Newsline was there every step of the way to bring you comprehensive coverage of this remarkable story. Uh, yeah, well, huge. $3.5 billion in damages. It really created the reputation of the floods in, in Manitoba as being so incredibly important. Uh, I think Manit uh, Manitobans in general uh, will never forget that from 1997. In movies, 1997, it was the worst best movies ever made. Batman and Robin was released. George Clooney's Batman had visible nipples. I mean, why wouldn't you? Had a bat credit card and laughable dialogue with cartoonish villains. 
Uh, here's a collection of cringy Mr. Freeze puns from Arnold Schwarzenegger. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! Stay cool, bird boy. Can you be cold, Batman? You have 11 minutes to thaw the bird. Breezy. I'm feeling hot. I find that unlikely. What do you say we heat things up? My passion thaws for my bride alone. Ooh. Talk about your cold shoulder. Oh, whatever. So bad. That's I so love terrible. the Ice Age line so much. It sounds like uh, it sounds like the Terminator is basically in Batman. Okay, uh, songs. Top Canadian song in 1997 was Lanis Morris, Head Over Feet, and the chart topper, uh, Wallflowers, One Headlight. Absolutely beautiful. Um, 2001 is the next win for Tiger at the Masters. Jimmy, I really have won. That's still went on. You're absolutely right. It was something I enjoyed watching, Jimmy. I really enjoyed this entire back nine and the tournament and seeing these three players. It doesn't get any better than this. What an honor it was to be here. Historic day. And again, it belongs to Tiger. So Tiger had the Tiger Slam that year. Um, all four major titles, U.S. Open, Open Championship, PGA t- Championship, and the Masters as well. So amazing uh, for him. In Canada, one Canadian dominated the headlines in 2001. It's Conrad Black. Canadian-born citizen, British citizen, ran the international newspaper empire that included the Chicago Sun-Times, Britain's Daily Telegraph, Jerusalem Post. Lord Black renounced his Canadian citizenship when he became a British peer in 2001. In 2014, McLean's interview, uh, Conrad Black, and asked him about renouncing his citizenship. One of the things that really shines through in this book, I think, is, is your affection and your respect for the country. And, uh, you know, when you renounced your citizenship so you could take your peerage, a lot of Canadians, I think, took that to mean that you saw the country as defective or inferior in some way. Um, is, uh, I mean, you called it a plain vanilla place. I mean, do you think this book will reverse that I, I didn't write it for that reason. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have naturally... I would have to be brain dead not to be aware that there were some public relations problems with what happened. But I just want to, if I may, just make a point. I thought that I would do, I would renounce my citizenship and take it back. And I said that. I'll do it in order to prevent Kretschmann from doing something that I think is, uh, is illicit, but which... So there you go. Newspaper guy into politics. He was convicted in 2007 of fraud and obstructions of justice. He spent three and a half years in prison, returned to Canada. 2000 year had lots of war movies, including Enemy at the Gates and Black Hawk Down, personal favorite right there. Also, one of the greatest trilogies began in Lord of the Rings. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Believed lost for centuries, it has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? This is the One Ring, forged by the Dark Lord Sauron. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. He's seeking it. 
seeking it all. His thought is bent on it. All right, so music from that year, 2001 there, 2002, 2001. Uh, Sugar, Sugar Jones. Matt, play Sugar Jones for me. Come on. Uh, we don't need to no. embarrass our country like that. Okay. Uh, we had you 2 walk on as one of the biggest international chart toppers in April of 2002. And also Janet Jackson, all for you. Which is one of my favorite Janet Jackson songs of all time, I must add. Mine too. In 2000, right? 2005, Tiger Woods' career moment happened with his famous chip-in on the 16th. Oh, my goodness. I won over a million dollars that day. 2005 was also the year for a notorious Canadian serial killer getting released from prison. Here's a story from Global News uh, back about this 2005 story. Uh, This one was released in 2017 as a look back with more details. From manslaughter to minivan mom, this is Carla Hamalka dropping her children off at school now that word is out who she is. One parent was very vocal, yelling at the media to leave the confessed killer alone. Jesus! Jesus! Hamolka goes by a different family name, but her history follows her. She was arrested in 1993 along with her husband at the time, Paul Bernardo. The couple was accused of raping and killing two schoolgirls. While Bernardo would get life sentences, Hamolka struck a controversial plea deal. She would serve only 12 years for her role in those killings and another, the rape and death of her own sister. Hamolka spoke out after she was released. The day she got out, she said she didn't want to be hounded and that no one should think she's a danger. Well, what has some parents upset are revelations Hamalka hasn't just been dropping off her kids, but on at least two occasions volunteered at the school. Parents want to know why someone with her history was allowed around their children. Uh, so I don't know why they allow her. <sighs> That's such a disturbing story. And as a guy who lived in St. Catharines, it gets... Uh... It gets deeply rooted there. My goodness. In April 2002, the number one song was U2, All Because of You. Another top song from 2002 was Gwen Stefani. All right, 2019, we saw Tiger Woods uh, win again. Let's get the clip. But here it is. The return to glory. Uh, beautiful when he comes back return to glory that's the moment i think most everybody after his crash this week is hoping for also in 2019 why not as canadians Kawhi leonard buzzer beater and the raptors you gotta be aware of the inbounder here if you're filling it's off to leonard defended by simmons is this the tiger Toronto is one! 
All right, so there it goes. Toronto in 2019, the last big win of the Masters in Tiger Woods. So we all hope the guy's going to be all right. We hope he comes back. It's the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's bleep, boop, bleep, bloop, bloop. The Donald. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love that one. Was that from me making the droid uh, sounds from yeah. last night's? In case you missed it, that was the droid. That yeah. was the one. That was yeah, fantastic. Oh, I love that. I really love that one. Thanks, Matt. Um, let's hope that at this, in case you missed it, I make more weird noises that could be turned into intros for my segment. Like it. Now, it's beautiful. Uh, oh my no! I completely forgot to get the cool TikTok intro. I will stall while I find another story, and I'll get that in a second because I can't play the TikTok thing without having the TikTok intro. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Update. Break down. Okay, so if there's one thing I'm guilty of, it's being an audiophile. I have like an addiction where I buy new headphones, I'll put them on, and for you know like six months, I'm good. This is amazing, and then I want better sound quality. And it just, it's progressively gotten more expensive as I've gotten older. And I should, Shane, I know you can attest to this addiction. It is, uh, it is powerful. The desire to get clearer, better music. Well, I got some exciting, albeit probably expensive news for you. Spotify is going hi-fi. It's taken longer than its competitors, including Tidal. Uh, and even Amazon Music has it. But uh, the other day, Spotify, which is still the biggest streaming service in the world, announced a new lossless streaming tier that will allow your listeners to get more from the digital music library. So in terms of the quality of this music, it's essentially going to be the same as if you are listening to a CD on over streaming, which doesn't sound amazing but it, it quite it is quite a step up over what you hear right now so it will work with your phone streaming to your devices and all that uh, which is great because for me I listen to Spotify a lot but I also have a pretty big record collection and you do notice the difference in the quality when you're streaming it versus playing it live in person now how did they intro this how did they announce this well they got a little pretentious but I mean they're not wrong. They had Billie Eilish and her brother chat about what high-quality music means to them. We like sunlight, good sound system, good bass. Big, giant, loud speakers. Like very loud speakers. Very, Every very time we loud. go in with anyone else, we're like, turn it up, please, more, louder. High-quality audio means just more info there's just things you don't you will not hear if you don't have a good sound system it is really important just just because we make music that wants to be heard the way that it was made we work on songs probably way longer than we would than we would have to there's a lot of layers to what we're working on like an onion music has many layers to it but it's true when you listen to music with better headphones better quality you notice things that you didn't when you were just listening to it on your iPod Shuffle 10 years ago, uh, or I guess 20 years ago now. It's uh, So I'm excited to try it. It's probably going to be, for comparison, Tidal and some other streaming services that have that higher quality, it's about $20 US a month. So it's not 
cheap. So essentially, if I'm going to do this, which I will, I'm going to have to get rid of a streaming service to make up for the cost because I'm not like that's already a lot in what I'm paying for. So we'll have to see. But I'm interested to see what it sounds like, hear what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff's getting too expensive. I, I pay more for SiriusXM than I do for Netflix. That's absurd. So it's on my hit list of things to do. Cancel SiriusXM right now. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Now, Matt, if you refresh the burly, the TikTok intro is in there. So I'll uh, just read this like I was going to normally. Let me ask you a question. Beep, beep, beep. Do you guys have tattoos? You do not, Shane. Matt, do you have a tattoo? I've got, yeah, a whole bunch. I've got, yep. yeah, I get one arm is covered, one arm is half covered. Got one on the back of my neck. Got one on my cool. finger. Uh, nice. where, where else? There might be some other ones I'm forgetting about. <laughs> well, it's. I'm glad that you mentioned that because there's a trend on TikTok right now. So let's check it out. Good morning. I'm there Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Breakdown. I'm going to break it down for you. I have a tattoo. It's one big one on my arm, but I want more. But I'm very thoughtful. You know, if I'm getting a tattoo, a lot of thought goes into it. Laura just got their first tattoo. And I told Laura, the second it is on you, you are going to want another one, which is exactly what has happened. But Laura started thinking, oh, I could just get this one here. I'm like, no, 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 wait. And then eventually, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll wait again. But a Kentucky woman decided that she would compete in an ongoing TikTok trend. It's a challenge. And it's simply, what is your dumbest tattoo? And show it to us. And I don't think you could possibly have a dumber tattoo than what this poor woman has. What is the dumbest tattoo that you've ever got? Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and let you guys know that I won. Um, so I got this tattoo. Um, I've wanted it for a couple of years. Basically means like, you know, being true to yourself and real and like not pretending to be something you're not. I got this March 4th, 2020. And it says, courageously and radically refuse to wear a mask. Oh. Oh my God. How inconvenient. That's the curb your enthusiasm moment right there. Just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I feel so bad because that tattoo obviously has meaning to her. And now if she's in public, somebody's going to read that and be like, are you an anti-masker? Well, she told a local news network, I am not anti-mask, I promise. She told, she shared her unfortunate ink because she, quote, just kind of wanted people to laugh with me because I think it's pretty funny now too. I think it's hilarious. It's... <laughs> Like kind of one of those, well, that sucks, but man, it's funny. Uh, I love it. And There's been some other, oh, go ahead, man. Sorry, sorry to interrupt there. And it's so impulsive. Like that's that's the opposite of thinking, like of taking a long time to think about it. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's like, that's the same thing as being drunk one night and being like, yeah, let's get friends forever on our, on our <laughs> boobs. What? And just and then you wake up and you're like, yeah, it just says fiends forever or something like fiends, that. Yeah, it's completely wrong. <laughs> fiends. <laughs> I do kind of want one silly tattoo. I, 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 I don't know what it is yet. I just think I'll see a funny design and I'll be like, yeah, put that on my ankle or, you know, put it on a, a weird part of Get my arm. Get it tattooed all over your entire I do, foot. I do want Nike has a logo where it's a smiley face, but the mouth is the check. And I kind of want that. 
You should. No, I mean literally, that. like you should get like tread tattooed to the bottom of your foot, and laces oh. up the top of your foot, and have your whole shoe be like a Nike sneaker, or your whole foot be a Nike sneaker. Whoa! God, that would hurt. That that could look cool, or it could also look super dumb. That was <laughs> but Shane. That was way better than my idea. <laughs> what was your idea? Yeah, let I, me hear it. I, you should get um, a tattoo of Calvin. You know Calvin, the the ca- cartoon character of Calvin and Hobbes. The, yeah, the car- Calvin and Hobbes. The cartoon strip. Um, you should get uh, a, a tattoo of Calvin peeing on a, a sticker of Calvin peeing on a truck. Oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, that's I that's like good. That. <laughs> or because I live in Alberta, I'll have Calvin peeing on a sticker of Calvin peeing on an NDP. Uh, logo because that's what you see on every truck that's what you see on the trucks right i don't know why calvin hates the ndp but he really really does or the Um, or local sports team (laughs) how about a couple of tattoo typos like the uh live with no regrets and never don't give up yep no are you jealous (laughs) no Uh, regrets yeah no regrets. It's it, it's is my life, Bon jo- John Bon Jovi. Oh, it, actually, that's even wrong too. It says it's is my life, John Bovi. <laughs> John Bovi. John, Bovey. John yeah. Bovey. Nobody can forget the 1980s legend John Bovi with his hit yeah. "Living on a Dare." It's get better. Only God can fudge me. <laughs> These are real tattoos. Nobody's oh, perfect. Oh we might have knowledge to have a whole is power on tattoos. It is knowledge is spelled N O L E G E. Knowledge oh, is power. Oh dear. Oh. Here in my heart, except it's H A E R T. Heart. Here in my heart. Heart. Life. Life. It. What you make it. Oh my God, these are good. Mm, yeah. So there you go. If you have a dumb tattoo, let me know. The other one I saw is a girl had a trampoline tattooed on the bo- one part of her hand and a stick figure on the other. So every time she cl- opened and closed her hands, it looked like the stick figure was jumping on a trampoline. It's the dumbest thing. That's really dumb, but <laughs> oh, it's super funny. Oh, that's cool. And it's just in a weird spot, but just to like look at someone and like have a stick figure jumping on their hand all the time. <laughs> Wonderful. Even when they're a grandma. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a funny moment. Yeah. Well, kids, <laughs> that'd be a fun story. Look what I can do. Now, oh, dear. I got a throwback. Kinda. The Mighty Ducks are back. Oh. Kinda. Not the NHL team. The movie. Also kinda, because it's not a movie this time. Disney Plus got the rights. Well, obviously, because Disney made the Mighty Ducks movies. Uh, one, two, and three. Uh, Emilio Estevez, classic sports movie spawned the greatest jersey and logo in nhl history i that's my favorite um but they're making a movie sorry i keep getting this confused because the marketing on this was a little confusing it's a new tv show coming Mm. to disney plus and it's called the mighty ducks game changers so here's the first one the Ducks are a powerhouse organization for the record 10 state championships. A little different than the Ducks of the 90s. I gotta cut you. I mean, at this age, if you can't be great at hockey, don't bother. Don't bother? Mom, please. Shouldn't kids be able to play sports for fun? Stephanie, you brought two private trainers to your kids' hockey practice. Oh, I'm a pediatric sports psychologist. <sighs> okay. <laughs> It's funny, right? So the idea that's a neat behind angle. It, it yes, is. 
I like the angle, but this is where it's going to be weird. Is so that the plot of this is that the Mighty Ducks are basically the bad guys in this movie. So uh, what was the the Hawks were the team in the first movie, right? So in this show, the Mighty Ducks have become a legendary like junior hockey team. And this kid tries out. He just wants to play hockey and have fun, but he's not good enough to pe- compete competitively. So he gets canned. And so the movie is about the mom convincing him to get his friends who are misfits to start a hockey team to beat the Ducks and get Emilio Estevez to coach them. So it's pretty much the plot of the first movie in a TV show, but it's now more like anybody can play hockey and let's focus more on just having fun than winning, which I'm okay with. And also like, you know, it. I also want to watch them win. Okay. Don't do the whole, everybody's a participation medal. It's a hockey movie. I'm going to be a little disappointed. <laughs> But there's another, there's a couple of funny clips in here. And there's this one kid I'm looking forward to watching in the movie because he, he's got a line at the end of this clip that made me laugh pretty hard. The ducks don't get to take hockey away from you. Stories without a few letdowns are boring. I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. Freaks. Is he doing a trick? Let's start our own team. Look at this. Your first teammate. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. <laughs> a podcast body. That's going to be me after working in this industry for 10 years. Uh, nice. I, I'm excited. I mean, let's see where it goes. It's a series, um, but it's weird hearing Emilio Estevez say, I hate hockey. No hockey in my bar. Um, but I, um, I, hopefully it's just not the same. I like the play up on how... Um, Parents uh, get cut off. Right, we lost it there, buddy. Um, I like how parents get caught up in hockey so much so that it's not a, um, that we've, you know, sort of lost the way of all the things, right? To the point where hockey is like so incredibly important or lost everywhere that nobody's, um, that nobody, like nobody's even, like doing it for the just for a good time, like you like the the comment about you're bringing all these trainers and all that stuff to it. So it's 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 interesting. It's, yeah, I like that angle to it. Very cool. Me too. So we'll see. Hopefully, it uh, pans out for him. Matt, we got time for this last one on Grand Theft Auto. Or are we going to save her? Uh, yeah. What the heck? Let's go for uh, okay. it. Okay, I can just basically summarize too. There is yet another attempt to try to ban Grand Theft Auto and violent video games. A House bill filed by Illinois State Representative Marcus Evans Jr. is looking to ban the sale of all violent video games in the United States. Here's a little breakdown from IGN. As reported by the Chicago Times, Evans has filed HB 3531, which looks to amend a 2012 law that prevents the sale of some video games to minors. This amendment would ban video game sales to anyone if the game in question depicts, quote, psychological harm and or motor vehicle theft with a driver or passenger present. Yeah, sounds like GTA. The bill also outlines a new definition of a violent video game, which would be one where players, quote, control a character within the video game that is encouraged to perpetuate human-on-human violence in which the player kills or otherwise causes serious physical or psychological harm to another human or animal. It's the dumbest thing. They're doing this because uh, there's a jump in carjackings in the area, 
And so he says, oh, it must be Grand Theft Auto to blame. No, the reason that's happening is because of systemic issues in your community and you're putting the blame on a video game. You know what else you can do in Grand Theft Auto? Get in a blimp, fly it to the edge of space, jump out and fire fireworks out your butt as you fall from the sky. Exactly. It's not just the video games here. This is a whole nother topic. This bill's obviously going to fail, but. Grr. Well, you know, it is a it is a cultural conversation. I mean, your example, I think, is a great example of how that's just not accurate what they're blaming. But yeah. I mean, as video games get more violent, um, you know, I've I've said it many times that my son will make a, a joke about a shotgun. He's never held a shotgun, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. So it does create some false narratives there, and you know, it's probably a valid conversation for violence in general. But I don't think it's any worse than nonstop onslaught of cop shows with guns on tv at eight o'clock at night yeah exactly it's yeah. uh you can't blame it here um but i do think kids need to be playing less violent video games at younger ages i started playing call of duty at 16 and i was raised on mario call of duty easy transition into violent video games good work mom great work mom you also sniff sneakers so questionable new <laughs> new sneakers Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.